Welcome to the I'll Think About It podcast. Nothing is off limits in this space because we are interested and curious about everything. Join us for a thoughtful journey into the heart of the deep issues of our day with a few laughs along the way. Let's do this. Well, we covered all the subjects when it comes to COVID. We went into vaccines. We went into relationships. We tried to focus on relationships, but as with anything having to do with COVID, we went down a lot of rabbit holes. Mostly my fault. Well, yeah, but as we (laughs) wrap up at the end, then we decided that sometimes it's good to go down those rabbit holes. Yeah, and I I think as we all start looking at COVID in the rearview mirror, we're reflecting on on some of the things that happened and uh and that's probably a healthy thing for us to be doing because uh we certainly don't want to repeat some of what uh what happened in the whole covid thing so this is a rip-roaring discussion it is yeah we we get into it and i think we come to the conclusion at the end that we're... well no save the conclusion oh okay <laughs> never mind just yeah. a teaser then, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Enjoy. So here it comes. Get ready. Okay. And today's topic is about COVID relationships. What about COVID relationships, Aaron? Well, we're going to talk about how relationships uh, weathered, uh, whether they did or not weather, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the, the time of the pandemic. And oh, I see. Uh, so you mean like how friendships or uh, relationships with friends and family uh, were changed as a result of COVID, yes. COVID restrictions, Correct. all that kind of stuff? Okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said there. Okay. And we're going to get into that. And just uh, that a lot of relationships did not come out the other side looking the same as when they started. But before we start today, let's just see how you're doing. Uh, I'm doing good. Okay. Another... another Happy day. Another uh, happy day. Another happy okay. day. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too new and exciting is, is going on. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the holidays, having a little bit of time off, um, hopefully. And, um, yeah. Yeah. What in your job, you? sometimes you think you have time off and then you don't. Well, to make matters worse, sometimes when everybody else has time, time off is when I have the opportunity to work because True. I can't do certain things. Um, I'm in IT. And sometimes when you're making big changes, uh, the, the actual ideal time to do that is when everybody else is. So not like the working. middle of the night <laughs> yeah. or, or the middle of a vacation of a holiday, of a weekend, holiday weekend or yeah, kind of thing when it's, no one's going to complain about being right. Nobody off. hopefully is noticing whether or not their email is down for 10 minutes. Yeah. So. Although surprisingly, some people do. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I, right. I, I think that there are some people that are always on their email. So, so how about you, Aaron? Was there anything interesting that happened for you this week? Well, we just saw Wakanda forever. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? Wakanda. It's a Marvel is, movie. Is that the name of something? Aaron, you just don't even like you. Have you ever heard of? No, I've never. No. Okay. Well, I'm I might not surprised. That's okay. <laughs> so we just saw Wakanda. There was the first movie. It was Black Panther. 
And okay. it's a Marvel movie based on. Oh, it's the, a comic book. Yeah, that, it's a comic. That's why I don't know anything. About okay, but okay. I mean, like it's a giant movie. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that means nothing to me. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we the Black Panther was out. It was very popular. But the sad story is that the actor died after the movie was released. Oh, you, you mean the actual person? The actual person. Oh, wow. And, and he's just – it's very, very sad. He – he was he suffered from cancer and, and oh my gosh was he, he old guy or young no guy? no no young um, prime of his career oh, and that's crazy. no it's and then he was suffering like privately so during like during filming and stuff I think that he was on various treatments during filming, oh, but wow. no one really knew like when he passed away it was right. a surprise to a lot of people but it was just very sad and no one else was going to replace him as this character and so then they needed to make another or they wanted to make another movie because it was such a giant movie and so the the whole idea was. How are they going to make this movie and still honor this actor who there's never going to be another Black Panther? So they finished filming. He died, died before like, it was released? No, he, it was released. And I think maybe he died a couple of years later. Oh, I see. Okay. But they were going to make a number two. It was always known. But that he was never able to he, probably do that. No. Yeah. And so how was the storyline going to play out? And they, I thought they did a good job. There's there's some parts of the movie that are sort of heavy handed. They like to really throw around the word, you know, calling people colonizers and stuff like that. And so it's, it's a colonizers. Little... I mean, what does this take place in 1780 or something? No, but it's no, it's modern day. Well, what's a modern day colonizer? I don't understand. The modern day colonizer. No, they say that. We have gone in and colonized various nations. The Western, the West, is considered to be colonizers, and so well, yeah, like hundreds of years ago. Yes, and so part of the Wakanda script is to be a little heavy-handed with that. Ugh, and so God, I, God. there are some parts that I'm like, you know, and I got out of the movie saying that was a great movie. By the I way, think they handled his. This is a perfect example. If you're going to indoctrinate young people on how to use pejoratives against people who have no responsibility. In something that happened in the past, this is the perfect way of doing that. I would say this is this is true. Yeah, I see. I could never have gotten past that the, the first uh, time. Oh, I don't think you yeah, could. Have. I, that would so have. maybe it's good that you'd never heard of it. That's probably really good. I, yeah. And that makes me sad because I'm sure it's a perfectly fine, entertaining film. But why do you have to shove down that kind of of, of ridiculous indoctrination down the viewer's throat? That's just. That's just reprehensible to me. It didn't need to be in there. It doesn't further the story at all. It doesn't do actually anything to the storyline. It's not necessary to have. No, it's not. To use that type of language. It's offensive. Yes, it is. what it is. is. And so, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not part of the story. Mm -hmm. It's like you just, you just are using language just to cause offense. You know, it's interesting in an era where everybody is so worried about offending other people. There are certain things that people don't mind at all being offensive about, right? It's it's very well. This that's it's true. very uh, what's the word? They're very choosy about what to get upset about that's offensive. But I think that's offensive on its face. I mean, that's that's well, ridiculous. In just movies in general, that I I, I have a hard time looking past mm-hmm. when I can see that they're specifically using language or scenes that don't further the storyline at all, but that are just served to serve a purpose that's. Mm-hmm political or um just to make a point right and i it, and like i said if, when it's not part of the story it's like when there's sex in a movie and you're like that didn't that did nothing right it didn't to further the story or well, bad no. language or peaks people's interest though <laughs> i guess so but it, it but it doesn't make the story move forward right. it doesn't if you took it out your story would not would change be perfectly fine yeah. yeah and so when when think when you can take something out and it hasn't changed it doesn't change a the story then 
that then it's not useful right. to, to be in yeah, that Yeah, because you could place. use that time for uh, improving the story in some other, other way. Or just shortening the movie. Or shortening the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point too. Right. But as far as how they handled the, the character of Black Panther and how they honored – you know, his, him and right. him passing away. I thought they did a really good job and it's very sad. Uh, those stories are always very sad. It's very, very sad. And People he People die young. He died young at the peak of his career. And he was just from, from everyone that said they knew him, said he was just a really good person. Mm-hmm. Just a nice, good guy. Yeah. And that doesn't seem like something you hear often. No. In, in Hollywood these no. days. No. Okay, well, I guess um, there's no time like the present to get into the topic then. Yeah, let's talk about relationships. Uh, this this was your idea for a topic, yeah. obviously, and this clearly is something that, that you had, had thought about or had maybe something had happened to, to cause you to think about. It. I'm wondering what was the – is there a particular incident or whatever that – No particular incident. Uh, it was just a gradual awakening to – things changing in front of me during the pandemic, a sudden realization that people that I thought that I knew not, and I'm not talking about my quote unquote inner circle. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about people that were sort of friends, but maybe a little bit on the periphery uh, that you, but you sort of going along, you're, you're doing things that are sort of the same as them. Maybe they're homeschooling, maybe they're going to the same church. And so you kind of think because you do certain things that you're going to be aligned in other areas and then a major shock happens and you're like wow i can see this person is just on the other end of the spectrum so do you have an example of of one of these kind of things well let's go back a little bit okay okay so march 19th 2020 newsom issues shutdown that's the uh, governor of california governor of california yes Uh, and then the beaches close uh takeout becomes a thing that's right. Everybody is yeah, everyone's takeout. doing takeout. Is, is that is that around the same time that the uh, the the lone guy in the middle of the ocean oh, on a paddleboard gets arrested by uh, I don't know who is that like I think I, it was the they poor, send out I a think boat it was a lifeguard maybe that I you know this probably has to be fact checked but I have a memory of it being the lifeguards that went after him but I can't imagine that they would have not done that under duress. This is, this is I mean. Ridiculous. This is how crazy COVID got people, right? Yeah. You have a guy in the middle of the ocean by himself and they send out a boat, whoever it was, some government of some kind, goes out, they arrest him or whatever you want to say. They arrested him. They pull him out of the ocean. I mean, because he is not in his house. Well, he was not in his house. He was actually well. Or, okay, it was that he was on the beach, and the beach was. Closed. But he's not on the beach. He's, he's in, in the, the ocean. ocean. Well, what's even dumber I mean, is he's alone, right, and then you and then you actually himself. introduce people. Oh God! So by I, going after him, then you create right this. now. You're actually creating an interaction. Yeah, right. So that, stupid. That would never have probably otherwise happened because otherwise he would have done his thing. He would have went back by himself to his car by himself and went home or whatever by himself. But maybe he would have inspired other rebels to go out and paddleboard. Okay, <laughs> again, if the they're all out there by themselves, oh. I mean, my God, people! If six feet was supposedly enough indoors to prevent us from spreading it i mean do you think i don't know 30 40 300 feet or more in the ocean would be enough i, I listen 
one day we're going to look back on this era and we're going to just be like astonished at some of the insanity. I'm astonished now. I know. (laughs) I mean, I'm astonished now, but it's even the astonishment is going to grow, I think, over time. Probably will grow. Okay. But I'm sorry. I did. It was just the image. I remember the the photo of the guy literally by himself in the middle. I mean, I say the middle of the ocean. He's. Hundreds of he was yards offshore. offshore. I mean, he was he was outside of the surf. Line. Yeah, he's way outside the surf. Okay, line. and I think he was like in in LA County Beach, and those are the, that surf line is th- those waves not populated anyway. Yeah. That, anyway, okay. So okay. sorry, sorry no, to okay. derail. No, it's okay. <laughs> so takeout becomes a thing, and it's about this point when the content of my texts start to change. I'm starting to sense panic. In, oh, you mean what people are sending you? Yeah, in like my my texts, my conversations with various people, and I'm assuming this is usually other girlfriends or whatever. Other girlfriends, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm starting to see some language that will eventually become popular, like "stay home." You know, you and then that becomes an internet or an Instagram sticker. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. What is this? So on Instagram, they had this little... And just just for the record, so everybody knows, I'm not on Instagram or yes, social media. Yes, Aaron so. is not on social media. <laughs> so, so. I, so this may be really obvious to some of you, but I, I'm hopefully there's other people like me who do need to know what you're talking about. It's so there, so when you're in and you post something in your stories, okay, so you, you can post still photos in your feed or you can post quick stories that are like 24 hours. Okay. And you can choose from stickers to, to, to put on there. And so a popular sticker was like, stay home. And, and that was a way of like, I don't know, preaching to people. You to virtue stay signal virtual to people. Okay. You preach to people. You're, you're telling them to stay home okay. with your stay home. Meanwhile, they're sending a photo of how they're having fun outside. <laughs> I don't, I actually don't even remember the content of the pictures were. No, it's maybe stuff of them inside. Yeah. And then they're like, they've got the stay home sticker. Okay. So to like re, you know, reconvince everyone to stay home. I, it's I, not just the sticker, but it's... And I, I know I won't derail you too much, but yeah. it is interesting. Like the virtue signaling, it was so powerful. I mean, this is just a minor example. Well, I'm sure you probably have a hundred of these examples. That, and that reinforces the panic almost, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's a circular. You're, you're like, I'm afraid then other people are afraid, but you start to sense the relationships around you. You, you don't really know who is on what team. Or... Or what they're, I don't like to use that phrase, but who, whose approach is so different from yours that there's a problem with compatibility. Okay. Right. Problem with compatibility. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because if, if you are of the mindset that this is extremely dangerous uh, and, and, and somebody could die with minor contact, um, then you're going to proceed on with one course of action. And the yes. other extreme would be that you think there's zero danger at all. And those two, obviously, are very so. Are, yeah, you can't. They can't mix at all. Yeah. So wait, one day you're you're hanging out with someone, mm-hmm. and then the next day, that person thinks that literally, even you know, you being next to them, they're gonna die right away. Right. And so they're really, really worried about that. And I didn't. I never got to that point. You mean of the fear? Of the fear. Okay. I was doing a lot of searching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was uh, doing searching. Were you searching on the, on the Google? Google? <laughs> yes, but I will say, in early 2020, before the Rona became the Rona, that's right. There were all these little the Rona. There were all these remember? little yeah. yeah, the vid, so, the, the vid. Rona. Yeah, before it became political, though, the search results were not manipulated. Right. It was a little more. It was still freewheeling yeah. out there, and so you could actually search on stuff, and stuff would come up because they had not attached political content. 
to it. And and therefore any type of censoring of the results. Yeah. And so they didn't, it was just like current stuff would, the most current stuff would pop up. And, um, but it's during this time I mentioned to one friend that, well, okay. So Newsom shuts stuff down and some friends and I decided we're going to go on a drive. We're going to go four wheel driving. So we thought, okay, we can go on a drive. We're, we're like going to be out. In the desert. In the desert. Yeah. Away from everyone. But I mentioned to one friend who wasn't going on this that we were going to do this drive and I could sense she responded back and I can't remember her exact words, but I, I was like something like, well, we are not allowed to be going out. The governor has shut down trails. We are not allowed to go out. I would not be doing that. And you could just, it was like this finger wagging and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's okay for us to go on. We're like not going to be near anyone. Right at that moment though, I could feel a tearing in the relationship mm-hmm. and it's sad. Did that end up being a kind of a permanent thing? I haven't really talked to that person ever since. since. Yeah. Very minimal communication because the texts that started out like that first week or whatever, like, oh, we're in this together. Then eventually just were like, oh, oh my. meaning we're in, we're in this, the, the COVID fight together. Which it was like the first five days. Yeah, right? right. And then eventually it just become this gradual awareness of like someone being completely in the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it was, was sad. And, and then, but then you see society around you, like, should you do takeout? Should you do not do takeout? And then our city started falling apart because they, the beaches were closed, but then people were still going down to the beach. I don't even know if you remember this, but they had a whole bio, the bioluminescence was out in the ocean. Yeah. That, that's uh, for, for people who don't know, that's, there's certain, I don't know if they're plankton or there's some, some kind of, um, uh, plant-like or, I don't know, small little animal thing, whatever, they kind of glow in the dark. They look like um, that, that, they look like that greenish color of the glow sticks and the ocean can get kind of full of them. Like there's a bloom or something. It was, a, and it was blue and, and it was It's stunning. really cool. It's really neat looking. It was beautiful. It was really, really strong in San Clemente and right in the middle of the shutdown, there were people filling the beaches right. to look at all of this bioluminescence at the very same time, there were people that were saying, don't leave the house. Right. And, and it was, you, you kind of, it was very hard to navigate where people stood. It it seems like there were, I, I mean, I guess you could, I bet somebody's written a paper on this. There's probably different ways to categorize the people, right? There's the people who, who believed everything the government or the authorities or whatever said to a T and maybe even more so. And so they were full on panic mode, but also just in extreme compliant mode. And then you would have the other end of the spectrum where the government tells me to do this. I'm just not going to do it. Um, And then you have those in between those people who kind of just don't care and like, Oh, well, you know, we're just, we're just having some time off from work, but I'm going to go do whatever I would normally do. And, between those categories, the ones that were in the maximum fear mode were going to be the ones to create or initiate or react in such a highly negative and destructive way. Even if they ended up, which I think we could, it's fair to say now, they weren't really right in that panic mode to warrant damaging relationships because of noncompliance. Is that fair to say? I would, yeah, that's exactly how I would sum it up. I think that, well, I mean, at the time, 
based on what we knew, it was incorrect. And then as time has gone by, it's even more and more obvious. It's even more and more obvious. So, I mean, my natural reaction to people telling me what to do is to is to recoil. Like I, I don't. I have a natural like fight or flight when I'm told to do something. It will. It's what we've talked about in the past. When everybody's saying to do it, I you're you're like, well, why? Well, why? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it's it goes in line with what I said uh, last week, where when everybody agrees on something, you get a little bit suspicious sometimes. Well, yeah, especially since I could, there was data available because this was the time before they were censoring. Yeah. A lot well, of- it, clearly, the, everything. I mean, I don't know how many times uh, a, a scientist, epidemiologist, or something would be written that would say quarantine is only ever for the sick. We have never in history quarantined the healthy in a health crisis. That's literally never happened. Yeah. And and yet all of a sudden it became the only means by which we were going to supposedly get through this. Yeah. And I, I mean, you have to really wonder, okay, well, why was that? Why, why does this make sense? Why is quarantining the healthy make sense? But nobody... I mean, you could ask that question, but you certainly weren't going to get any answers from anybody. Well, certainly not as time went on. Yeah. In the very beginning, maybe I don't even. Well, I remember scientists and and whatever talking about how quarantining the healthy goes against everything we understand. I mean, epidemiology. I mean, the people who are, who have studied their life's work is is uh, controlling disease and outbreaks were saying this was an, an insane policy. But then all of a sudden, I don't know why or how, all of a sudden, they stopped talking. Well, the, the, they were saying you're quarantining healthy people because everybody was a vector. That, that was the basis of it, though. Like you, every, they looked at everyone as a potential vector. They were looking at them saying, you're carrying the virus and you just don't know it. Yeah, but. I, but I'm, I'm saying, not saying that was right, but right. that was what they, that's that was just, the I mean, reason at the time. That's just laughable. The whole reason why a quarantine of the sick can work at all is because it's only the sick. Everything else in society continues to function. If you quarantine the healthy, by definition, you shut down everything. Which is what we did. Yeah. Which, well, first of all, it's not even possible because as we know, uh, every every guy who did the de- de- the delivery of food, you know, how many people, if if it was possible to get COVID with with such casual, um, you know, interaction, how many of the the Uber Eats guys <laughs> spread the COVID? Was it any of them at all? But if it was that easy to spread, well, that's all it took. You you needed nothing. If it was that bad. Then quarantining wasn't even going to help because there was, there, cause there's because no you couldn't way shut to, down to that you ever. You can't shut down to that level. Yeah. You had to go to the grocery store. You had to get in your, I don't know, you had to go to the doctor's office. I mean, well, a lot of people didn't, and heart disease went up, cancer well, diagnosis. Yeah, uh, right, of course. So, because doctor's office shut down. But, but my point is that, that we ever thought that quarantining the entire, I mean, look what's happening in China just even recently. I mean, they're trying to shut down all of Shanghai and you have, you've got people screaming outside their their high-rise apartment buildings, uh, starving because they can't get any food. I mean, it just makes no sense. And I guess I didn't really have any particular problems with relationships in this regard, but it could be because I'm I'm already kind of a, an, in, I'm an insular person to begin with. 
But what did you do? I but, mean, you said on your block, you guys did some block parties. Where, and everyone okay, started. all right. You yeah. actually bring up a good point. So we're on a very social uh, street. Love, love our little street, our little neighborhood here. And we used to have this habit on, uh, especially in the warmer months, where we would go and we would just kind of hang out in the street in front of some of our houses on the yards and stuff and maybe have a couple beers or whatever. And that was the way we would end on a Friday after work. And, you know, after this happened, I remember one of the first times we, we didn't stop it and that maybe we did for like a week, but then people they literally <laughs> drew chalk lines around the front of their houses where nobody could cross these lines. So we would, we would at least be able to talk, but they would be like, and then other people had like, um, like the German police had those little, uh, those, those long poles and nobody could come closer than the length of these poles. <laughs> but did you so look like, at the people that were drawing the chalk lines or the people that were carrying the poles and say, well, I personally thought it was insane. Yes. Because no, but doesn't that at that very moment you realize how different you are from someone else, whereas that wouldn't have been obvious prior to this situation? I, I suppose, but I didn't. It's an awareness. It is an awareness. And, um, and, and maybe because these are not people that I just know on social media online and I, I don't interact They're with them. Friends. They're actually people I socialize yeah. with in person. You know, it it didn't seem. I mean, I thought it was ridiculous this kind of stuff, but I it wasn't going to. It didn't fundamentally change the relationship. Now, I maybe from my perspective, maybe from their perspective, because I was kind of, <laughs> I was eh, semi vocal that I thought it was a little bit on the ridiculous side, and maybe that offended them and changed their opinion of me. Although I couldn't really tell. I do know that uh, one of the families, their daughter was a nurse. And they were by far the ones most paranoid because their their daughter had had told them how everybody was dying. And of course, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, she's looking at the most sick. Like if all you see, if you work as a nurse in a hospital, all you're going to see are the dying people. Well, it's not a representative sample. It's not a, at all. And it doesn't actually represent uh, the true danger. And she wasn't really thinking about the actual, the people who are actually dying. You know, what's that actual demographic we now know is almost exclusively old people or people with extremely compromised diabetes, you know. overweight. Yeah. I mean, the government themselves said an average of 2.4, what is it? 2.6 comorbidities was what it took on average in order for it to reach lethality. Well, yeah, that's that's already a person who is unhealthy, right? Or over the age of, I don't know what it was, 70, something like that. People that are already, you're already concerned with. So anyway, um, from that standpoint, my relationships, we just socialized a little bit less, but we still kind of interacted on a certain level, just less frequently. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... Uh, well, no, you know what? There probably were people that thought I was a little crazy. Uh, that's probably true. You think people might have seen you yeah, because like Aaron's a little casual about that chalk line. Well, yeah. Or that, um, he's, he's not listening to what they're telling us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe what they're saying. But if they know you, they would know that that would just be par for the course. Right. right. These would be people that are a little bit more on the casual queen. So yeah. 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 The, the others would, would, 
would know. But no one who knows you would be surprised. Yeah, would be surprised. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. Because, no, and I say that kindly. Like you're always yeah. someone who's pushing well, the envelope and like. Well, the, there's that, but also in in cases like this, I'm very very data oriented. Yes. Right? So I'm you know I I'm one of those weirdos who was actually reading some of these studies and stuff that they were publishing, and just it, it, none of this was making any sense. Their approach wasn't making any sense. It made no sense uh, sense historically. Um, the way they said it was being transmitted didn't make any sense. The the cures, um, the so-called uh, ways of preventing it from spreading were not making I – mean, nothing was making any sense. It, and to me, if you're actually looking at the data that we did have – and in the beginning, as you remember – we had a, access to a fair amount of data. There was that, even the Chinese actually put out a spreadsheet. They, right. They put out a spreadsheet that. like in February or mm-hmm. like late February of all the people like of their of who was dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was from and the if, Chinese. And of course, it's from the whatever. Yeah, so. We have to take that slightly with right. with a filter. However, I mean, they had ages of of the people who were dying. They had. uh you know, what they actually died of, you know, suspected at the time. And, you know, you could see there were like barely any children mm-hmm. on there. So the thing for me was I- I'm telling people, I'm like, well, I, I'm actually kind of looking at that this data. N- nobody else was doing that. All they're doing is listening to the government or, or the the spokespeople for, for COVID management. And they never investigate past that. And I just, to me, that was so weird. I'm like, we're shutting down everything and we're doing it purely based on just what these people are saying and nobody wants to to actually like you need to kind of provide evidence to me if you're going to go to the extremes that they went with you should you should be compelled as the government to uh convince me that what you're doing is the right path you that you that should be a responsibility that you have not that you just sit on high and make declarations and say things like uh all medical professionals agree because they didn't all agree. They still don't agree. They, they don't. never agreed, but they got up there and said that and, and people believed it. And then I don't know if you saw this and I were a little, kind of gone on a tangent a little no, bit. No, that's but, fine. That's what we're but, doing. Um, but the FDA was just in court saying they never told people not to take ivermectin. <laughs> what? They actually testified in court to this. Oh my gosh. And as anybody who remembers, they were they were they did PSA announcements that were things that, that were like, "Come on, people, you're not a horse." Oh yeah, the horse pill thing. Yeah, that that was coming from FDA, CDS, FDA, CDC, whatever. You know these government entities, and now they're in court claiming that they never said that. And why are they saying that now? Because now there's evidence that shows that it actually was effective, and so they're 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 petrified. Of being held responsible for the fact that people died probably because, and I don't know how many, but probably some people died because they were telling people not to use it. Well, people could make a determination or should be able to make a well, determination. The, well, they're doctor. I mean, yeah. think of how crazy this was, right? In America, we've always given doctors extreme latitude on how to treat patients, what drugs to administer, all this kind of stuff. The government has a very hands-off approach historically in the United States for that. And understanding that medicine is not a perfect science, that there is some experimentation. Every case or every patient's situation is a case-by-case basis. So we don't want to have very strict guidelines on um, on how treatments go. Yes, there are protocols. And all that means is that there's some evidence through different doctors' 
via papers or in practice that have shown that they get good results from certain things. But the whole point is that our ability for doctors to experiment is what allows us to find these protocols, right? If you, if you just immediately say on high, this is the way we're going to approach it and there can be no deviation from that, then you will never discover alternative successful or more successful treatments. And that's exactly what we did from the, from the get go. We said, Oh, you cannot, thou, thou shalt not uh, prescribe ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. Now you can speculate as to why that happened, but the point is it did happen. And now we know that those things actually had efficacy. Well, you know, in California that our governor just signed a bill saying, I mean, he was speaking specifically for COVID misinformation, that if, if you're a doctor and you provide misinformation and they're categorizing misinformation as anything that's against the state of California. That, you mean what the, the, the state health department or whatever says? Yes. What the state health department says. They're going to take your license, right? They will take your license. Yeah. That, this, I don't think people realize how dramatic a shift that is, I mean, never, I mean, you got freedom of speech. You know, there's all kinds of arguments there, but in medicine itself, this shift is unbelievably dramatic because you are basically taking away the doctor's ability to use their judgment, their experience, even their ideas on how they might be able to treat a patient who is in Distress. In distress. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a good doctor, I'm not saying you're a, you're someone who's sort of flagrant with your patient's lives. Oh, yeah, of a, course not. If you're yeah. a good doctor, you want your patient to do well. Yeah. So yeah. you you were willing to try treatments. Absolutely. That you're not going to be taking such and, a risk. And by the way, something like this twice is so maddening. Ivermectin, okay? We have a very good idea. Of the safety profile of that drug, which also, by the way, costs next to nothing to manufacture. Well, because it's it's okay. off book. It's not. It's no well, yeah, longer. There's no, there's no patent on it yeah. anymore. So, it's extremely uh, cheap to produce, extremely cheap to buy, and yet the FDA and various health agencies were telling us how dangerous this drug was. It's, it's the exact opposite of what anybody who looked into this knew to be true. And and to be fair, uh, I guess the listener should know I did spend some time in the uh, as a uh, I went to pharmacy school and all this. So I mean I I have some knowledge of pharmacology and what to look for and, and that kind of thing. I don't profess to be an F expert. Don't get me wrong, but it's not you like I'm, I'm not studying. I'm not starting from zero. Here. Yeah, and yet they're telling us something exact opposite of what we know to be true. For I, there is an agenda. I don't know what it is. I can't pretend to know what the agenda is, but there had to be a reason why they were doing that. Because it, it certainly wasn't based in science. Because if you're going to get up there and say ivermectin isn't safe, you're just straight up lying. Yeah, but so do you think that they were saying that? I mean, basically, they were trying to surround the information to be as basic as they wanted it to be to get it out to the masses. This is the only way. This is the only. Thing I could see. Would what be they should have done was said, listen, don't just go, if they were really concerned, and this is valid, you say, don't go buy ivermectin and give it to yourself. Get a doctor to prescribe it for you. Yeah. That's all they needed to do. Because it's the doctors that have always been the gatekeeper to proper medicine. They're the ones that take a Hippocratic oath, not the HMO, not the FDA. <laughs> Government agencies are not in charge of your health care. Okay. It is your doctor or your doctors, whatever. Okay. In, in, with your consent, by the way, 
right? That is how we have always done it. And informed now, consent. Informed consent, by right? the way, which well, that's all, and that's another subject <laughs> with the vaccines yeah, and everything. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, so to kind of come back to the topic here in relationships, undoubtedly, as I would discuss this kind of thing in this fashion, there were people who thought I was just some crazy conspiracy guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I have no doubt that's the case because they just they just want. A simple answer and the government is giving them the answer. And if the government is saying that ivermectin is horse paste and will kill you if you <laughs> if your doctor gives it to you. Well, like Joe Rogan, then, I think, wasn't he going to – didn't he try to sue CNN, Sanjay Gupta or there was well, something? Well, Sanjay Gupta went on his show. I remember that. And yeah, they he kind of – I don't remember the details, but um, – Rogan kind of called him out on it. Yeah, like you said, I had you said I did course paste. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I doctor prescribed. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah. And I think he didn't. He like pull up the pill bottle or whatever yeah. or the prescription, right? And again, that just goes to show you how insane the world has gotten when somebody like Joe Rogan, who's I think it's fair to say is not an academic kind of guy, okay, is thinking how this is stupid. How this Sanjay Gupta? He's probably got four degrees, and he's up there lying. I have a hard time with the word lying because I don't like to ascribe lying to people. But you have people like Fauci said in the very beginning, don't wear masks, they don't work. And then he came back and said, oh, well, that was for the greater good. I I wanted people to not be over buying masks. The noble lie. And so if someone's saying, oh, it's horse paste, are they committing the noble lie? So here's the deal. Our whole system, okay, is predicated on the Constitution and our our legal system, right? Are you allowed to lie under oath because it's a noble lie? No. Never, right? Nope, never. If you are a government official and you are talking about something that is fundamentally, supposedly, about life and death, do you get to, to tell a noble lie? I think you never get to tell a I don't, noble lie. It is a lie that has massive ramifications. So in order to justify something that it has such massive ramifications, we have to give it a superlative, a positive superlative, thus noble. Noble. Right? So yes, <laughs> for mean, the greater good. If, if they could have, they'd call it the heroic lie. Okay? <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, we were heroes. We yes, lied. We manipulated yes. just to get you to do Aren't the thing. Aren't we and stay so amazing? Because we had the courage to lie to America for your own good. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if they actually believe that, but that's that has to be the logic by which they argue their. their well, point. it's the greater good fallacy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it, the whole the whole thing is is really crazy, and I do think that a lot of them lied. I, I just because. Look, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a medical degree. And it was all you had to do was spend a little bit of time looking into this stuff. Like a normal educated person can read a lot of this of this medical information and these papers and these things are coming out. You don't have to be well, okay, this goes in line with that whole notion that only the experts know. Yes. We must trust the experts. All the rest of us are so ignorant that we cannot make our own choices. I don't know where that came from and when that started, but it is absolute BS. Okay. 
all the expert is, is somebody with a degree who, who has demonstrated some ability to know about whatever that topic is or that specialty. Okay. Somebody can not have the degree and actually know more than that guy. It's not hard to do. Most of it just involves a lot of reading. Yes. Okay. So this notion that we are all incapable of making any decisions and have to defer to the expert class is extremely dangerous because the expert class is by definition an extreme minority who then suddenly gets to make decisions that we can't even argue with. No questioning. We are not experts. Yeah. And of course, well, I mean, you're expert on your, like, you're expert on what you see in front of you, right? You're an expert on what's happening in your daily life. Are and you? If, well, you, yes. You well, are. the reason I say that because, but, oh, but the expert on high doesn't think that's the case. Yes, but I was, I was going to bring up the whole thing with when uh, one of the congressmen asked, uh, I don't know who it was, some government official or some nominee, and said, um, can men get pregnant? Oh, geez. Right. And I'm not like, a biologist. This, this, right. And, and what did that, that's my point. That was her response. Her response was essentially, I'm not an expert. Only an expert can answer that question. Now, I submit to the listener that if you are going along with that logic and that line of thinking, you have abdicated all rights to anything that happens in your life. Yeah, you can't actually because comment on anything. That because is you're... such a fundamental, obvious thing of life. All right? No, men cannot get pregnant. They can't. Could I surgically implant a, a uterus and then surgically implant a, a, a kid or, or, or a, an embryo or whatever and somehow through the genius of science? Yeah, yes, I could do that. But did he actually get pregnant, people? No. Come on. Let's stop. Let's stop pretending. We, we, we it, have to stop this insanity. But of, it's of, saying the thing that's obvious right in front of people. And they're like, no, that's not the case. And you mean like the, the, the bigger the lie, the easier it is. To, to, or is no, you you're mean? no, I'm just saying like with a straight face, they can say that something is a and it's actually B. And you're like, well, no, that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you always say you're going to defer to some expert or experts, then yeah, you can, you can manufacture your own reality and your own truth. And that is in fact what they, they did. And they did it in our face in the most egregious way imaginable. And back to the topic here, look how that affected so many people's lives and their relationship. I mean, well, yes, we go full circle. And so we have every, all of that has gone on. And then we have certain people that are like, wait, th- there's something hazy. This is not true. I won't believe or, or, half of minimally this. Minimally, it's questionable. Minimally, it's questionable. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. Right. And then we have people on the other side that were like all in. All in. Yeah. And, and th- those are the people that had that prevented their dying, ailing grandparents from being able to, you know, talk to any of their relatives. Well, we I mean, the the tragedy in our family is that um, my mother-in-law passed away in June, not from covid. And we were staying away from her because we knew she was frail, mm-hmm. but we didn't think she she was not on death's door. Right. And. 
the kids saw her on Mother's Day in May, and we did not see her again. And then she passed away. And we were staying away because rightfully so. We're like, we don't even want her getting a cold from sure, us because just, she just was just frail. But her death was shocking. And um, the fact that she did not pass away from COVID, mm-hmm. that was not – so the thing that we were worried about wasn't yeah, even – It was in, not the thing to worry not about. Not the thing to worry about. And it's just, it's it's time we'll never get back. And it's terrible. I just, I don't know. Obviously, there are going to be certain relationships uh, in people's lives that are perhaps permanently altered as a result of the fracturing of society that COVID and really not even COVID, but the government in its response to COVID caused that um, we may never recover from. That's the sad reality. I would like to think that a lot of people have, have learned from this experience that it wouldn't happen again like this, that the next time the government declares that uh, you know, there's, a, there's an emergency, that they force the government to justify their case. I. But I'm not confident i am not hopeful for that at all i think there are people in our society that are naturally reactive in that way that are 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 going to just instantly gravitate towards being worried in the way the government wants them to be worried if the government says you need to feel this way they're going to feel that way they're going to feel it and they're going to feel it quickly and they're going to feel it intensely i mean and i'm just going to throw this out and it's not really a discussion thing but i it is it is fascinating when you look at the founding of our country, uh, which kind of you know, revolved, amongst other things, but around the, the extreme distrust of government compared to today, where there seems to be an unbelievable extreme amount of trust in the government. Well, you know, if you look at the studies, the, the, there's been polls on, you know, is our democracy dying or, or do we have trust in the government where people will say that they don't trust the government mm-hmm. yet? Yeah. Yeah. COVID yet, shows rea- the Yet reality. the actual reality yeah. is different because you can see how people, people will answer one way on a poll and it's not the same as their actual actions in real life. Right. I mean, you had people saying they weren't going to have family members over because they were not vaccinated. Right. None, no one in my, that was not an issue in my family. Yeah. But and I remember, and there were people I didn't know very well. I'm in some like school groups and they're mostly non-political groups, but every once in a while a thread would come up and it would be like, oh, well, no one is coming over to my house who's unvaccinated. I've already told the family members. And I thought, and we're coming up in a holiday season. So it was, it was sort of around the same time. I think it was the end of, well, the vaccine would have been available. So it would have been um, a year ago because it was the holiday season of 2021. And I remember thinking at the time going, Wow, you're really ready to throw relationships <laughs> with your family right. out the window because they're not vaccinated. You're like you're 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 willing to go that far. And by the way, I think even then it was becoming painfully obvious that the vaccine didn't even prevent transmission. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was it, <laughs> so just... I was at the um my son was sick in Sort of mid midsummer 2021, not COVID. He had already had COVID, and we went into the doctor, or the the urgent care, the local urgent care. And the lady said, 
do you want to get tested for COVID? I said, no, he literally just got over COVID like eight weeks ago. He doesn't have COVID. We're not, I'm not yeah, sticking yeah. a thing up his nose again. It's yeah. like terrible. Because at that time they were doing the deep probing, just yeah, you're right. touching your, scraping touching your, your brain. brain. It's terrible. <laughs> In which, I mean, talk about too much information. There were people out there that actually had punctured. Oh my God. And they were, they were leak, leaking fluid. A brain fluid? Yes. Oh, Jeez. No, I read of a couple cases. I think they already had problems, so they were susceptible in a certain way. But it was like, I couldn't get that out of my mind. It was uh. terrible. Long story short, I'm like, no, you're not probing him again. And she said, well, it's interesting. I'm just asking you because I've got we've got all these people that are coming in that are vaccinated and they think they've just got allergies. And the first thing they say is, oh, we're not, I'm not testing for COVID. I just have allergies. I'm, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> and they're testing them and they're coming up positive. positive. Right. So this was in July. This was before it was even out. I mean, this is still Biden. I think even after, after me going in, I think that's when Biden said, this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Oh, right. And I had already been to the urgent Cute care. Cute little sound boy. Yeah, soundbite. Exactly. And I had already been to urgent care and I'm like actually having this lady, you know, this PA say, I've got all these vaccinated people coming in. Like this is information on the ground. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, so then to hear him say that, it's like, you're saying that, like you just said that. And now people are saying they're not going to have family members over Mm -hmm. for the holidays when we also know that it's not protecting from spread. Reducing symptoms for some people, you know, seniors, people who have, you know, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm suspicious of all of the vaccine data at this point, because, um, unfortunately Pfizer and these companies have been shown to minimally been disingenuous on the data that they, they have revealed in their, their, um, their trials and stuff. So I, I'm not, I am at this point am not convinced that it even lessened symptoms. Well, there's more or, to come on. I mean, we'll we'll see. Time more, will yeah, go. Right. Time will. Time is just. Of course, then the history the, is being the real written. question is even if it even if it did, and even if it gave I don't know six weeks of so called immunity or improved immunity, the long term effects and the risks of it. Well, actually, didn't I just see that Taiwan has announced now they've had more vaccine deaths than they had COVID deaths. Oh gosh, no! I, th- I didn't know that. I think I just recently saw that. Okay, now, don't quote me on that, people. But I, I, I see. I, I think I saw something akin to that. But it, it, in any case, we do know that uh, vaccine-related deaths are continuing to go up, but not really the COVID deaths. So at some point, if you keep forcing vaccines, you're actually going to kill more people with it's, the vaccine. A vaccine, by the way, again, which does not prevent transmission. It's not a vaccine. Well, certainly not in the in the sense that you and I always knew it. No, they changed. The My understanding is they've changed the definition now. But, but yeah, a vaccine before was something. <clears throat> then when you took it, it prevented you from essentially getting the disease that actually prevented transmission and prevented the spread. If you had a large uh, portion of the population have the vaccine, things like smallpox and stuff. But this this never apparently never really prevented transmission, even. I mean, they say in the short term it had some effect, but I'm I, I'm suspicious about that. I'm not saying it's not that may be the case, but I'm not personally convinced of it based on what I've seen so, thus far. Well, at the end of the day, it comes back to the informed consent, and correct. If someone has fully yeah. informed consent and that's what they want to do, then that's and they're adults. Although, although 
one of the other things that's happened here is that because they only have ever really in the United States ever administered the emergency youth use authorization versions of the vaccines, they have blanket immunity. Now, there's already broad immunity for vaccine manufacturers. They have a special they have special uh, rights as compared to the average drug, right? So if you get sick from a vaccine, um, the the liability for the manufacturer is not the same as if you get sick from taking a heart medication, for okay. instance. Okay. But in the case of the COVID emergency use, they have essentially blanket 100% immunity, which is why they've – even though the approved version – uh, it's supposedly manufactured. It's still not administered in the United States, to my knowledge, to this day, because that opens the door for more liability for Pfizer, Merck, or whoever. So they just keep admitting. They just keep giving the emergency use authorization. Well, did they maybe? I mean, we should fact check that. I don't. I don't. Which 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 aspect? If. if- what they're administering today. Well, I know that was that's accurate as of a few months ago. Okay. I don't know if that's changed. But I mean, look at it. When did this start? And when was it the the version, the Comirnaty is the brand name yeah. of the Pfizer one that was approved, the BioNTech Comirnaty? That I think was at least a year ago. Oh, yeah. If not more, right? It's more. And it was never never admitted into the market. It's just anyway, it, uh, the whole COVID thing is such a rabbit hole because there's so many things that there's are wrong so with it, many, yes. and there's so many aspects about our culture and and people's uh, uh, ability or willingness to destroy their livelihood, to allow the culture to be destroyed, to allow their freedoms to be taken, to allow their ra- relationships to be damaged or destroyed, I, and and for something that. It was comparatively not particularly lethal to begin with. You're talking about a very select age group, yep. very select demographic. And even in those demographics, the, the death rate, if you did get it, was not – it was nothing like smallpox, for God's sake, or the plague or any of the, yeah. the, the traditional uh, diseases that would cause people to freak out about. Well – we have risk in our life every day. Yeah, right. And so you have common to, discussion for us. <laughs> well, yeah. You, I mean, we you basically from the moment you put your foot on the floor when you get out of bed, you are encountering risk. Yeah. Risk is everywhere. Risk it's, is it's everywhere. inherent in life. Yeah, and so we can't <laughs> shut down. You can never eliminate risk. You can never eliminate risk. I mean, insurance companies entire their entire modeling and how they pay out premiums and or, or how they how they charge premiums and they pay out benefits it's all based yeah. on risk assessment by the way that's one of the things that should be being released to the public because the insurance companies they know they know what's going on with the vaccine and with covid because it's in their data i'm sure if anyone's going to be collecting that the, it's the, insurance yeah, companies they have to. because they their, have their whole to. business depends their on whole bi- their whole business model Correct. is on risk assessment using they, risk assessment models. the real data especially on the vaccines uh, and their uh, their effectiveness and their risk, their inherent risk, the mortality rate, they have that information. That's the information we want to see. It's not whatever the government tells us because we, we can't really trust it because because they, they, since they mandated it, yeah. they they have to you know do a little CYA. Yes. But the insurance companies, they know. That data is there. And it's probably extremely clear and unambiguous. And either, yes, it's totally safe. I don't know that we're ever going to see that, though. 
No, but we should. Like, if people oh, really care, our our government, you know, representatives, that's what they should be doing. They should be passing a law that forces these insurance companies, and they can anonymize it and, and protect, you know, proprietary. You know, there's ways to do it, but get us that data. This is so obvious because they have mountains and mountains of it. We will have a, a near statistical certainty about many of these questions regarding the vaccine. That's what they should be doing. Are they going to do it? Not a chance in hell. No. Because I guarantee you, if there is anything about it that is dangerous to the public, Pfizer and Merck, they're going to be paying off all those people in power to make sure that can never happen. I mean, look at, was it uh, Merck was uh, told the uh, the judge that they didn't want to release any of their supposedly public information for 70 years or 170 years or what with their uh, trial. So data. everyone's everyone's gone. Their children. Yeah. Everyone's dead and their children are dead. And normally that information <laughs> uh, for those trials is released. Gosh. So you got to ask yourself, why? Why would they do that? Well, because I think Operation Warp Speed was too fast. Well, so uh, for those who don't remember, Operation Warp Speed was what uh, the Trump administration called the fast tracking of what uh, would become the COVID vaccines. And so, yes, I think it's fair if you're going to rush the process to give protections to the drug companies and all that. Kind of, I'm, I'm okay with that on a fundamental level. The problem is if you can't prove the efficacy <laughs> and a minimum safety standard. Well, and you're not transparent. And you're not transparent, then none of those – no, you don't get special protection. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think in you know May, June, July of 2020, everybody wanted – from day one probably, everyone wanted a working vaccine. So I don't think there was a pe- person out there that was saying, oh, I don't, I don't think we should have a vaccine for this. Well, okay. So I would rephrase that. Everybody wanted the magic pill. Okay. It could have been anything. It could have been – uh, by the way, it might have been ivermectin, but <laughs> it could have been anything that yeah. was going to well, fix the problem. It didn't mon- have to be monoclonal antibodies. Right. There was a whole yeah. variety of things. So that's what the people wanted. Yeah, we wanted. You're right. A magic pill is a much better in the in the you know kind of uh, uh, non non literal sense. It didn't have to be a pill. If it was vaccine, fine. But whatever. The the thing that was just going to make this go away. Yeah. People desperately wanted that. So, But everyone was invested in their And they were invested being, in that, yeah. Everyone was invested in the idea of a magic pill. Yeah. And so I think p- that's part A. Part B is that you would, okay, we've got the magic pill, but we want to see why it's the magic pill. Well, or I want to make sure that the magic, magic pill. pill isn't going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? But why, why is it? You're saying this is what it is. Can you show us how? Yeah. Well, and you do that historically in the FDA. So the FDA has two requirements for all drugs that are approved. You have to prove efficacy, meaning it actually is effective against the thing that you're saying it it can be prescribed for. And you have to prove safety. You have to do both. If either of those two tests fail, then it does not get approved. Okay. And in the case of the COVID vaccines, they told us that it was safe and effective. And it's looking to me uh, that the effectiveness... is so smart. I mean, I'm trying to be generous, but I'm I'm leaning more and more to the the effectiveness is really kind of not even there at all. But if it is, it's extremely minor. And the safety, I'm really having problems with the safety argument. I mean, there have been many many drugs that never saw the light of day with far lower percentage of 
drug incidents than the COVID vaccine. We have people in our lives, one specifically, their son was in the hospital, a boy that we've known for a long time, and he needed it to go to college and did the first dose and was in the hospital for two days. Right. And the mom was like, I don't know how we're going to get the booster. Right. Because the booster being a requirement at at some universities, it's not just you have one shot, you have to be quote unquote up to date on all your shots. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what do you do with that? Like your, like your child has a reaction. He, he, he was in the demographic. I mean, he was a, um, at the time, a um, 18 year old boy, which is right in the demographic of what they're saying is (laughs) 18 year old boys should not be getting the vaccine. Well, Yeah. (laughs) They shouldn't be getting vaccine because they're not susceptible to COVID death. Well, that's one reason, but <laughs> so, so you never take a drug you don't need. <laughs> so yes, so that's part one. Part two, though, is that not only did he not need it for safety purposes, it was unsafe to get the vaccine. And it's, I mean, they're saying yes. I mean, even in, over in Europe, I think I think they're saying males under age thirty, like don't get it. Yeah, I know. Was it Denmark? I, what? Was it one of the countries there? Yeah, maybe, maybe it was Germany. I can't remember, but one uh, one or more of the countries there as their health department has said, do not give to that younger male demographic. Yeah. Because the safety profile is so atrocious. It, oh my goodness. It's just, I just hope that the next time, the next thing that comes when it comes to public health, that people are just a little bit more suspicious, a little more what's the word critical use use a little bit more common sense if if the government is pushing on something hard without convincing arguments as to and by convincing arguments i mean based on data not people's opinions if they're going to do that then you should be asking yourself who is benefiting from this because there has to be a reason they're doing that and most likely it's going to be corruption money something well an easier and also an easy way to subdue the masses well, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, if you want to really get down to it, right. If you want to enact a, a China style government, I don't think there's a better example of how to fast track that than COVID. Oh, the thing is you, you start fast tracking it very early and, and maybe when the so-called pandemic is over, which I don't even think it the pandemic is over. I think that Certain parts of the government are still still in pan, pandemic mode. Well, I mean, Joe Biden said it was the pandemic was over, but th- I no, think his officials though were like, seriously. "No, no, no, yeah, it's actually not over, Joe." They, they correct him on everything. Yeah. Says, yeah, well, they do correct him on everything because he often <laughs> says things that need to be corrected. Does he even know what he's saying? Well, so, that is, I think, a, a daily question. Yeah, that's always a another thing. Um, okay, well, I know I've I've steered us down all kinds of rabbit holes, which I'm really good at doing. Is there anything um, – what else about the, the relationships, uh, the changing of relationships uh, well, regarding COVID? So everything we just talked about with the vaccines, um, with the fear, I think that that right there is the crux of the issue. There were a lot of people that were on the side of that. And then there were a lot of people that were not on the side on the side of, you of mean, forced vaccine or forced vaccines. I'm not going to have my family members who aren't vaccined over for the holidays. Um, you know, echoing the pandemic of the unvaccinated, and it was hard to navigate relationships because you didn't actually know how people felt about those ideas. Right. And so then you end up in a situation where you're self censoring. 
do you go out? Do you do you post? You're not on social media, so that 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 would yeah, that wouldn't affect you. But you're really beginning to self censor. I mean, Instagram feeds just fell down to nothing because you're like, I if I go somewhere, I'm not going to tell people. Oh, you, you so you would stop posting the the normal things you would post. Yeah, uh, because you don't want people to judge you. Judge you. <laughs> we did so. We did a couple four wheel drive. Uh, outings and we did one uh, we had about 10 cars in this outing and this was out by the Salton Sea it was a beautiful drive we you know everyone was in their four-wheel drive cars but we drove out to this bridge that was in the middle of nowhere and this was deep lockdown and we get out there and there were tons of people out of oh, this bridge right. <laughs> in groups was this in Mexico no, not this in Mexico. Is, this is in, in this the, is uh, east of the Salton Sea. Okay, and uh, which is basically uh, eastern California, like kind of on the. I would say if you kept going east, you'd end up in Arizona. And there were people everywhere out there, but they were socializing away from cameras. They were socializing away from the eye of the judging eye. The judging the eye of the camera. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, oh my gosh, if I posted this on social media, people who are against this type of behavior would go nuts. Well, and in fact, we know that's what that's what everybody in power seemed like they were doing. Remember all the photos of Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done in the salon? Oh my gosh, with uh, her. Newsom at party. Remember what was it, the French Laundry, the, the restaurant? French he had laundry. his own private party oh, when geez. all restaurants were supposed to be shut down. Yeah. No, pe- the thing is, people everywhere Every- were doing, doing this it, right. within their little bubbles, within right. their little pods. And, but you couldn't talk about it <laughs> because <laughs> if you talked about it, then you. Would make it obvious to everyone. Then you would become a target. To you them. would become a target. The very same people who were there would be like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And, and then it, <laughs> it just became so awkward. To By the way, this just reinforces my whole point. You cannot quarantine the healthy. Yeah. It's impossible. It cannot be done. It's, it's literally – think about it. It is impossible. If something is so infectious where you have to quarantine the healthy, then – Literally, nobody could ever walk out of their room. Yeah, because there's not just there's, like a little it, bit. It is, you can't just do it a right? little bit. Because if it's that infectious, the, the, the mom going to the grocery store, right, just contracted it. And now she's going to spread it to her whole family. So on its, what, she's got the bandana on her face. Well, yeah, sorry, <laughs> she's being protected by the little cloth bandana. Yeah, the the the, the stupid mask that uh, you know she's been using for a week. It, the, again, a little bit of common sense would get us so far along to eliminating so much of this insanity and the giving up of so much freedom. Well, I think with <sighs> COVID. At the end of the day, I think I found out too much about people. I I ended up I don't want to know how people feel about germs. I like I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. Like I knew too much. I don't there are certain things you just don't want to know. Well, I mean, we know people that are clean freaks, right? Or or but that are I, I just, germaphobes it, and, and we can still be friends with them. It's Yes, but it was like there was too much out. There's too much exposed. Mm. Uh, uh, how people feel about things like I didn't want to know that you know a certain friend was going to get mad at okay. me because I was going to go so, on a drive. So was another way of saying that it, then you didn't want your casual relationships 
to become too have, reveal too much intimate information. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to say it. Right. It's like like you 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 have the casual relationship. You like it in that space, and because of COVID, all of a sudden you learned things about people that you would not normally have ever known. And now you're like, eh, yeah, I don't know about that one. It is an interesting <clears throat> premise, this idea that COVID changed relationships because you you learned things about people that normally, maybe instinctively, we avoid learning about because exactly because we know that it could go one way or the other. And as long as we don't know, and as long as it's not a an issue between us, we have a space where we can cohabitate and exist together and enjoy each other's time. Yeah, or, you don't ask certain questions because right. you're like, I don't, that doesn't affect my daily life with this person. Right. Maybe it's a coworker or, you know. And sometimes don't... asking the question itself is going to cause a rift, right? Yeah. So you don't even, even bring without, it up. So you don't, you don't bring it up and you. And you, it's I mean, a happy existence. It's a happy existence and all of human nature. I mean, human interaction is full of this. We, we, we're, I'm sure we're doing this instinctively all the time. And then something like COVID just rips all those, I don't know, unwritten rules to shreds. I suspect that sociologists are going to do all kinds of research on the effects of COVID in society. Uh, psychologists, I'm, I'm sure there's a oh, lot of material that's going to come a out lot of, of There's a lot of articles out there. You know, there was an article, and I'll just, we'll just kind of finish up with this. There was an article written by a lady, um, Emily Oster. And it's called Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. Oh, and she wrote that she would just like to focus on the future and forget all of the ugliness that happened during COVID. But my issue with her is that her entire premise was is incorrect. She's basically saying, oh, there was all this stuff we didn't know. So we made bad decisions. It's like, forgive me for all the bad things I said when I was drunk. It's like, I didn't know any better. I, I made I made all these choices based on limited information, but I don't think that's I don't think her premise is even correct because a lot of people did know. Yeah, they knew they knew things, and uh, not only that, if they didn't know, they sure acted like they did. Well, she goes on to describe in the in the same article, actually in the very beginning of the article, how her four year old son they would go hiking as a family. How her four year four years old. If someone passed too closely to him on the trail, would yell out social distancing. God. It's terrible. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like, I could never not unsee that. I'm sorry. Because that you're a person who is who is telling your four-year-old to yell at other people about social distancing. Like, you're, you're that person. Uh, by the way, uh, can I just point out? Is there any data on the effectiveness of social distancing? It's I, they just made up the six feet, right? So, am I wrong? There, there's no data on that. I, if there is, it's very limited. From what I, mean, I understand, just, there was just, very low. If, if that's true, if there isn't any real data on a social distance and b what the distance needs to be, okay, even if there is such a thing that would work, look how. Our entire society was transformed with that policy. Businesses were shut down because they couldn't, there was no way of enforcing that. I mean, lives were just all, it's not just the inconvenience of it waiting in the line at the bank. 
I mean, that, that's, that one thing all by itself was enough to just rip everything to shreds. Yeah. I mean, and yet it was based on what exactly? I, th- these are the questions that I don't understand why people didn't ask and weren't asking and they just accepted. Well, and then you summarize it in the four-year-old yelling, right. yelling on the trail and, and at other people. And he's, 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 he's now forever, he's forever changed. I mean, unless I'm, his mom really comes, unless I mean, if author, he's forever changed, it's because his parents, uh, kids are pretty, I, you know, maybe he no, can but his recover, parents but, created an atmosphere. Well, and what I'm saying is that they will continue to do. I mean, if they were, if they had the, if if they had the propensity to do that, it didn't just stop. So yeah, her article was not like it was not written from the point of view of like, hey, I didn't do my homework. No, I, I agree with you. That that that's that, a different. This whole this is a I don't know if I wouldn't call it a movement, but this is an idea, and I think it's in order to get every, let everybody get off the hook. All the people uh, who made these decisions who could be uh, found financially or legally in jeopardy as a result of these these decisions, which in some cases I believe are can probably be proven to be intentionally wrong or intentionally based on false facts, premises, whatever. This is a way of trying to protect them. And I will say it will, uh, there's a lot of people who will be willing to go along with it because a lot of people just want it to go away. Well, she is, she wants it to go away. Yeah. And instead of coming out with an article saying, Hey, there was data out there and I made some choices. I didn't, I didn't dive deep enough into the subject matter and I'm faulting myself I should have next time this happens I'm going to do a, I'm going to do better at really researching these See topics. That, See that if she would have said that That wouldn't be enough for me. In order for me to 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 have any kind of respect for that position, she would have to come out and say what we did is one of the most horrendous things that could have ever happened. She pub- did not in public health. No. And I to my dying breath am going to do everything in my power to make sure this can never happen. Again, that's the language that no, I have she's to hear. Got, mistakes were made on both yeah, no, sides. She's, yeah, well, we yeah, didn't know. the passive voice, right? As, yeah. as we learned in English yeah. class, mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> that, that meaning you can't assign any responsibility to anybody. Oh, that's exactly right? that's why. why you use the passive voice. Yes. Because you cannot as- ascribe the the person actually doing the action. So, yeah, they're, they're going to do that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be successful. Because I think there are enough people that are were were so terribly affected by this, anything from vaccine injury to their uh, their loved ones dying alone, needlessly losing their businesses, their house, and maybe their family and their marriage as a result of that. Well, yeah, I mean, we had all kinds of situations where not not we, but as a society where. Families were, you know, maybe husbands weren't great, maybe wives weren't great, and they were forced to be together a lot. Oh, yeah, right. Too yeah. much time together. Too right. much time together. Well, not only that, I mean, let's face it, if if you if you can't work and you were the, the breadwinner for the family, that's just death. Terrible stress. Because it, it, it's going to destroy you internally. It's going to destroy the relationships that you have with people. You're going to feel like a failure. Your family's going to be disappointed in you. I mean, it's just, it, it, and and that happened a lot. Yeah. 
And that's very, very because we sad. don't have any, that didn't happen to us it specifically. It did not happen to us. It, it's not something all. that we can talk to, you know. No, we cannot specifically, speak specifically but, to it. It but, didn't happen to it, us. It absolutely happened. But I, it absolutely happened. Yeah. And there were people in the periphery of my life where the relationship is. Right. And the, these weren't close people. So I, I want to make sure this was known in my inner circle, but it was more of an awakening to people in my outer circle of like, wow, that this person is, I mean, Maybe they voted for a different president that who cares? That doesn't affect our daily life. But all of a sudden, this person is like on board with telling me I shouldn't leave my house. Like, <laughs> right. like wait a minute. I don't want to know that about you. So <laughs> I did. We've come full circle. Yeah, but yeah. and I think we we can wrap this up. But I just. All want- right. Well, I, I apologize if I derailed uh, more than. No, you you I, didn't derail because you did you, a very good job of trying to come up with a focused subject <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that, I, that I very quickly. You know, I think that one of the things about this podcast is we're going to pick a subject, but we want to make sure that we are following, just letting the discussion. Go yeah, where and, it, you know, it, it, the the subject sometimes might be nothing nothing more than a jumping off point, right? Exactly, and and that's okay because we're not. We're not trying to create contrived conversations here. Yeah. That's not what we do. And I suspect that if if we're rolling with a topic, we're not the only ones that uh, are thinking that that's an interesting path to go down in yeah. a conversation. Well, also, I, I think you can have talking points, but <laughs> right. those don't always. Talking points can be read in 30 seconds. Yes, <laughs> be read in 30 seconds, and they maybe aren't as interesting as a conversation that just keeps going and and we don't know where it's going to lead. No, we don't. Well, Aaron, as we wrap this up, are there any funny tidbits you'd like to end us on? Hmm. I mean, it's a holiday week. Oh. Maybe, maybe there's yeah, some yeah. holiday okay. <laughs> info. Yes, there is. There is one. So I decided I was going to learn. I'm not a cook, for sure. But I decided I was going to make pumpkin pie because I thought, you know, how hard could that be? Well, there's a friend of mine I've recorded. Uh, she sings, and I've recorded with her. She's a good friend of mine, and she's an amazing cook. And I mentioned to her that I was going to do this. So she's she said, "Oh, oh, I know exactly how to do. Uh, th- listen, I'll come over and I'll, I'll show you show you how to do it. You'll do it together. So we'll do it together. Yeah. So she comes over, and we, uh, you know, it's there's not that many ingredients to it. It's you know, you it's uh, a custard. Yeah, it's like it's a custardy thing. And you take the pie mix and the spice, pie spice, and I don't know, brown sugar and stuff. So I'm, you know, we're, we're mixing this together and she's telling, she's showing me, she's doing most of the work really. And she shows me how to do the little pie crust edgy thing, you know, where you put the little indents. I don't know, you know, people who are making made, it pretty, making it the pretty. Yes. And then we put in the, the mixture in there and we put it in the oven and the oven is supposed to last, uh, or, or I think it's supposed to take, if I remember correctly, like 40 minutes, something like that. <laughs> and so me and her are yapping and 40 minutes comes up and I go and you can poke, I guess, custards, right? They get hard, right? So I'm, and it's like super watery. And, and I said to her, I said, ah. she said, ah, well, we'll leave it in. You know, sometimes those times are wrong and we'll, we'll just leave it in for another 10 minutes. Times are wrong. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a yeah. cook. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, this different pumpkin mixture. I don't know. Well, ovens all, also. And ovens have yeah, different temperatures, yeah. right? So, so. <laughs> 
So we wait another 10 minutes and it's the same way. And then we wait 20 minutes and then an hour. And it's, it's like this, pumpkin pie soup. And it's just barely congealed at all. And finally, she has to leave. I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll just keep checking it until it goes. It's relatively low heat. I mean, yes, the crust is getting kind of brown, but it's not like burning. Like eventually this is going to get hard, right? Or firm up. Well, finally, I don't know how, three hours later, I take it out and it, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it looks like it's kind of there, but it's just sloshy as hell. And then she calls me up and she says, I'm an idiot. You're supposed to put eggs in Oh, it. my gosh. That's the whole base of a custard, <laughs> egg and cream. But it was so funny. Is this friend of mine, she's like this great cook. She's like, I'll show you how to do it. It'll be amazing. Talking. And she completely <laughs> You guys were so invested in your own conversation. I don't know what we were doing. Yeah, we were just yapping or whatever. So, um, but lesson learned, right? You always, uh, what was it? Who was it? Some si- famous scientist said you wouldn't learn more from your mistakes than you do from Yeah, your, you will never forget yeah, eggs never, in your custard. Again. I will never forget the egg <laughs> and a pumpkin pie. So, I don't know. It's a stupid story. Did but you ever have you had a successful pumpkin pie? I did. Pie after pie? after okay. that, I did. Yeah. Good. And, uh, and it came out quite nice. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I can't get the little, the crust is. I have a challenge getting the little indentations. It, lo- it looks, it looks bad. The, the little crust kind of falls, <laughs> but it tastes tastes good. Tastes well. Good. Once it's cut, it doesn't so, matter. So hey, listen. For me, that's a big victory. Yes. <laughs> so that uh, that was kind of a funny little story. So anything for you? Nothing for me. Nothing Just, for you. No. All right. Well, I guess that's it for today. Uh, do we have uh, your topic on the list for next week? Well, I have, as a matter of fact. And for right now, I'll think about it. Oh, that's clever. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the I'll Think About It podcast. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the I'll Think About It podcast. We hope we've given you something to think about. Please share us with your friends and on your social media. Goodbye for now. Wait, did we just do TMI? I think so. (laughs) I don't think we can publish this. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. I know.